Okay, welcome back everybody. It's Outside the Huddle. It's Andy with James and Paul again. How are we doing, fellas? Pretty good. Still coming home. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> I heard something, I heard today that um, love's got the world in motion. Did you know that? <laughs> and um, I like Vindaloo. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good time. Um, Paul's feeling it more than, I think more than you and I, James, to be fair. I think so. <clears throat> Despite being the older ones, Paul can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was my first beer, so. <laughs> first, yeah. Yeah. Well, this might be the pickup that he needs because we're on to uh, we're on to the NFC East today. Um, but helping us kind of make sure Paul doesn't hijack the episode and make it all about the Giants, we've got uh, we're joined tonight by Dallas Cowboys writer David Hellman. David, how's it going? Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me on. It's going well. Congrats on the uh, yeah uncharted territory. It really is. The dizzy Heights. The Dizzy Heights. I mean, we're not old enough to remember 1966, but we've uh, lived through enough as it is, so we appreciate that. Thank you. I'm looking forward to Sunday. Hopefully it comes home. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we did talk about it a little bit just before we started there, David, but can you just give everyone a quick snapshot of exactly what it is you do day to day? Yeah, so uh, I'm a, I'm, I guess, for lack of a better term, I'm a digital reporter for DallasCowboys.com. Um, I cover the team for the team. So any any digital media that involves the Cowboys, you can find me doing it. I write, uh, I podcast, I do some TV work. Um, I'm, I'm incessant on social media. You can find me on Twitter pretty much all day, every day. Uh, yeah. So like I said, I mean, if it's the Dallas Cowboys and it's like digital media, you can find me doing it in some form or fashion pretty much 365 days a year. This is June and July are really like the only slow parts of my year, but, uh, that's, that's going to be over real soon because the team will be at training camp in less than two weeks. Just a quick question. Cause this time of year we've, we've discovered, we kind of know that it's very quiet. <clears throat> Do they only allow you to have like vacations? at this sort of time or do you get to choose a bit more in the season as well or is it like you can only do it now so i'm i as long as it's not in season i have a little bit of leeway like from the time the season ends until training camp you can kind of get away with with what you need to uh there's a few exceptions obviously like you know i'm not going to be taking vacation during the nfl combine in february i'm not going to be taking taking vacation during the draft but other than that, you can pretty much get away with it. I took a I took a pretty long vacation this April before the draft. But part of that is, uh, you know, there's an understanding when you work in sports that vacation during the season is pretty much a no go. So, um, you know, from from when they go to training camp in two weeks until the season's over, you know, maybe I can get away during the bye week for a day or two. But other than that, it's pretty much full go the whole time. That's nice. <clears throat> that's kind of how I thought it was, but so anything like emergency wise. Well, I mean, if, if it was, if it's an emergency, you can always make it work, but like, you know, just dipping out of town. Cause you're, you know, cause you want to take a vacation or actually uh, very famously, this is a pretty funny story. Um, one of my best friends got married in January of 2019. And, uh, so, the, you know, the date was like mid-January and, and he booked it. He asked me to be in his wedding knowing that if the Cowboys made the playoffs, he might be in trouble. <laughs> and uh, so throughout that season, like we had a running dialogue where he's like, you know, the Cowboys better not screw up my wedding. And, uh, you know, that year got off to like a really rocky start. The Cowboys were three and five. And I remember they lost uh, they lost this game. And I texted him and I was like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't think you have to worry. This team's not good. <laughs> and uh, they, the next week they traded for Amari Cooper and they went on this seven and one run and made the playoffs. And lo and behold, uh, the, the Cowboys hosted the Seahawks in the wild card round the night of his wedding. And I, I couldn't go, I couldn't go to his wedding. Wow. And uh, he, I mean, he forgave me, but he still gives me crap about it to this day. So we, we joke about that a lot. Well, you did. Um, do you travel with the team? Do you have? Is that 
A stupid question? I don't know. No, it's not. No, not it's not stupid at all. Um, but I do. So, well, obviously, you know, we're coming out of a really weird year. I didn't yeah. travel. I didn't travel during COVID for obvious reasons, and really, it was really weird. Like I didn't leave Dallas last year which is very new for me. Obviously they did training camp here and, and I didn't go to any of the games, but in a normal year, I go everywhere they go. And uh, it's, it's a fun, a fun, like a fun distinction is like, you know, I work for the Dallas Cowboys. Like I I'm on their payroll. So I fly on their plane. Uh, we fly a charter with them. You know, we sit coach and I go everywhere they go. We take the same plane. We take the same buses, uh, which really gives me a, a pretty fun perspective. I, I definitely get to see a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Fish to be very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's pretty fun. They're definitely, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And like we just said, like there's not a lot of time off, but uh, the perks are, are pretty damn cool. I will say that. I'm going to ask a similar question that I keep doing. Um, basically, can you give us one story of a, like a high where you've <clears throat> either had a, an inter- a really cool interaction with a player or coach, <clears throat> and also one story where you maybe wish you didn't ask a question to somebody because it didn't go down well, and it was a bit of a disaster afterwards? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, geez, I got, a, I got a million of both. And that's like I always try to, I try to point this out to people is like – which. You always, you want to be fair. You want to be truthful. Like I'm not interested in just being like a propaganda piece for the team. I want to share my opinion as honestly as I can. But the thing is, is um, you got to remember, like, again, all these people know where my office is. They know, like, they know how to find me if, uh, <laughs> if I say something that they don't like. So you want to be fair, but you also don't want to be like cruel. You know what I mean? Cause like, it's easy. Anybody with an internet connection can say whatever awful thing they want. Uh, but if I do that, I'm probably going to have to answer for it. Right. So <laughs> you kind of gotta, you gotta find a way to be honest and, and critical without just being a jerk about it. Um, so anyway, uh, so, um, I learned that lesson the hard way, um, a few years ago, I think it was, it was 2017. Um, they were on a rough stretch. Like they were just on a really, you know, they'd lost like three games in a row. They'd gotten just annihilated, like all three games. Um, just not having a good time. And I do a TV show where we like recap, you know, like it's Monday after the game and we recap what happened. And it was, it was the holidays. Like Christmas was coming up. It was, it was probably a couple weeks away. And again, this goes back to my point of like, you can say whatever you want, but if you're not respectful, you better be careful. So I said something along the lines of like, I was like, well, Christmas is coming up. And, uh, you know, if if you've got some packages you need to send out to your friends and family or something and like, you know, consider using the Dallas Cowboys instead of like UPS because they're getting really good at mailing things in. (laughs) And... uh, Needless to say, it got around, and uh, a lot of a lot of players were not happy with me, and I had to have some um, uncomfortable conversations in the locker room. Which, again, like you know, I get like I guess yeah, it just it taught me a lot about like there are ways you can be critical without just being an ass about it. I guess yeah. is, is what I learned from that. You know, um, as far as a good interaction. Uh, which I would I will say like ninety nine percent of my interactions have been the good kind really like I don't have a I don't have too many horror stories. Um, what's a really what's a really good one that comes to my mind? Um, um I guess real like one one that sticks out to me is um, it's probably just the little the little interactions that you have on a day by day basis that like, you know, it's not anything crazy, but I remember one time um, when he was still pretty young, Dak Prescott, he was, you know, my office is in a different part of the building from the players. Like you kind of like, you got to go up a few staircases and head down a few hallways to like get to where I am. And he was going up there to talk to somebody in another department about something. And, uh, 
it was like late, it was like six or seven o'clock at night. Like most people had gone home and, um, he was just walking back, you know, he's walking back to the locker room to go back to where the players hang out. And he saw me sitting at my desk working on something. And he just walked in and like sat down next to my desk and just started talking to me. And like, I mean, we talked about football, but we also just kind of talked about whatever. Uh, I don't even really remember the conversation, but I do remember he sat there at my desk and like shot the breeze with me for probably 45 minutes. That's my and I mean, like this, you know, he was he was the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And I just remember being like, this is this doesn't happen often. Like this is not <laughs> this is not normal. And uh, you know, that's why, you know, however you feel about Dak as a player, some people think he's better than others, yada yada yada. So, you know, is he worth the money? Like all that good stuff. But the one thing I always say is, I mean, like when you talk about his intangibles and his it factor. Uh, he has that in spades and I've seen it. I mean, I can think of more stories like that really that just go to show uh, the type of guy he is and like the leadership and the charisma that he has. And uh, that's one of the big reasons that I believe in him as a player is because I'm, I'm really sold on him as a person. So yeah, for him to, for him to take the time to stop and like BS with little old me on a Tuesday night, you know, that obviously stuck with me. That's awesome. I, I love I him. We'll, wanting to hear you say, you said to Dak, Sorry, Dak, I'm busy, mate. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, uh, I'm on a deadline here, man. Can you come back in time? Yeah, right. Awesome, man. Um, okay, so quick quiz question before we, we look back at last season. I'm sure David will get this because he's knowledgeable. And I'm not saying you two aren't knowledgeable. But, you know. <laughs> I'm like you um, are. Who can tell me who the last team was to win this division back-to-back? The Cowboys. The Eagles? It was. It was the Eagles. Bonus point, James. Where, when? What seasons are we talking about? I just assumed, just to clarify, I just assumed you were trying to brown those there. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, I didn't think about it. Last year and the year before? It was 03 or 04. It's the last oh. time we went back to back. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, I wish it was the Cowboys because my job would be more enjoyable, but that's kind of the curse of the Cowboys right now is they're never able to sustain success. Anytime they win the division, they don't follow it up. But I, I yeah, I guess that was back when Andy Reid was still in Philly and I think they won the division like five years in a row or something like that. It was a lot. It's a testament yeah. to the division. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, obviously going back, planning the episode, I had a quick scan back through Cowboy, the Cowboys results and they kind of, it was a really strange early few weeks when you kind of look back at it they lost a really close game with the rams there was a questionable call in the fourth quarter uh, against gallup then they had the one point win against the falcons after the falcons were 29 10 up <laughs> at the half that was a crazy game um week four the browns put up like 34 unanswered points week five it's looking like a close game and that's when dak gets that um horrific injury it really strange start of the season. Um, I don't know what what was it kind of looking like from from your point of view over there, David. Of how because the the expectations are so high for Dallas every season. It feels like how did that kind of start go down? Yeah, I mean it's it's so it's fascinating um, because really, yeah, yeah, it's I don't strange doesn't do it justice. I mean last year really. The train went off the tracks really before the season even started um, because – and I know every team deals with injuries, but the Cowboys just got hit by injuries, like I said, really before anything even got going. You know, they found out in the middle of training camp they probably weren't going to have Lyle Collins, uh, who's there – you know, he's a Pro Bowl caliber right tackle. I think two weeks into the season they find out that uh, Tyron Smith, their all-pro left tackle, is probably not going to be available – um, so really like right off the bat, they're trying to, you know, they're juggling their offense with rookie offensive linemen trying to keep Dak safe. Um, and, and then the other thing is they just had an insane amount of turnovers, like an unsustainable amount. Like, like I said, you know, everybody turns the ball over, but the Cowboys were on this ridiculous streak where, 
you know, they were minus two, minus three in turnover differential every single week. You know, you mentioned the Falcons game. I think they turned the ball over like three of their first four possessions in that game. They did it again against Cleveland. You know, they had like back-to-back possessions where they turned the ball over right before halftime. I mean, their their turnover differential was just embarrassing, really. Um, and so I even when Dak was healthy, I feel like we never really got a true sample size of what this team was because, you know, half of their good players were hurt from the jump and then they just weren't playing clean football for whatever reason. And um, we never really got to see it stabilize because Dak, you know, Dak broke his ankle in week five. So, I mean, what, that's like the second week of October. And I think from the, from there, obviously, you know, they gutted it out and the division wasn't very good. So they were in it up until the end. But I think the vast majority of Cowboy fans almost kind of checked out on the season because they were like, well, you know, this isn't the team that we signed up to watch. And even if they find a way to win the division, they'll get killed in the playoffs. So um, it, it was it was just a weird year. It just kind of, like I said, it it felt like it never really got going. Like it just they didn't have a stretch where anything went their way from the very beginning. It was just really bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even with Dak in the team, you, it, it looked like the games were always going to be shoot out. They, you know, they, they were always going to be close and they were always just going to be end, like end-to-end scoring. But was it just a case of once you lost him, you kind of lost, maybe lost the ability to stay in the games after that point? Well, that it's, it's interesting. And, you know, like, I, you know, there's plenty of people that doubt Dak. Um, I'm not one of them, but a lot of people, a lot of people will bring up the fact of like, Hey, let's not pretend that Dak Prescott's going to fix everything with this team because they were one and three when he was in the lineup, you know, they, and they needed, they needed a miracle to come back and beat Atlanta to get that one win. So this was a team that obviously had plenty of flaws before Dak ever got hurt. Um, like I said, like, it's just so weird. Like, like I you know, you laid it out perfectly. Like they were just playing all of these crazy games, you know, the Atlanta game, the Cleveland game, the Seattle game. There's no way that you can sustain that level of insanity for a whole 16 week season, you know? So it's hard to even imagine where it would have gone if he had stayed healthy, but you just, you have to assume it would have stabilized some point because that was the most insane month of football I've ever watched. I think that's the thing. I, I'm I I felt really sorry for Dak, and I like Dak. I honestly do like Dak. I have been a bit critical before that, and obviously the injury makes it hard to be critical. Um, but I do like Dak. I think he is a definitely a top half quarterback. I am one of those people who feel like he's not a tier one quarterback, like some people will try and say. But I do think he is a good starting quarterback. Most teams would like love him. But I do feel like the Cowboys' defense, it's like, you know, the offense set almost set records last year. They came out of the blocks. They had to do what they did. Yes, they turned the ball over a lot. And it was a little bit garbage time as well. But at the same time, their defense was just giving up points after points after points. Every drive was going for at least a field goal. Um, and it just felt like even if Dak carried on playing, like you can't sustain wins when that keeps happening to you. So uh, for me, that's going to be the biggest question going into this year is have they done enough to hopefully bring up the, the defense because I think Dak will come back. I still think he'll be more than successful with what he's got, but that defense is what concerns me the most. But before we get on to that season, we said before last season that that's how we expected the Cowboys to play. It wasn't like week one came and we were surprised. On paper, they looked like a team that were going to try and score 40 points and probably concede mid-30s. Now, that was almost the only way they were going to win games anyway, so I don't think it was strictly surprising. I mean... The fact that what happened four weeks in a row and the way it happened was crazy. But, um, yeah, I don't think we were disappointed in the Cowboys' defense. I, I think it was pretty much expected. I, I agree with that. And, honestly, my entire time covering the team, the Cowboys' star power has been on offense. Like, that's where they're built. They really, you know, they haven't had a defense that's worth getting excited about in 10 or 12 years. I will say... I think where the shock comes in is, you know, in the last two or three years, this was a defense that was mediocre, but good enough to win you some games. I mean, we've seen them win, you know, they had a 10 win season uh, in 2018 and 2019, they went eight and eight, which is not a great record by any stretch, but they were in the vast majority of their games. 
And then the, I mean, for whatever reason, the bottom just dropped out last year. I mean, 32nd in run defense, uh, last in the league when this has traditionally been a defense that's at least, you know, hovers around mediocre. They usually hover around mediocre. And last year, I just think they were one of the two or three worst in the entire league. So that, that element was a little bit surprising, but I, I don't disagree with you that, you know, the expectations for that group should never have been too high. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> looking quick, look, when I went back to see what they'd kind of done in free agency and at James, you kind of mentioned it before David joins, I think that it, it felt very, it appeared very low key, certainly to, to us over here. And you kind of go back and think, well, there was the whole DAC thing. That's that kind of took up all of the, um, the attention. Like he signed that deal in March. Um, it was confirmed, but we kind of read over here that the talks have just been going on for so long, you know, years prior to that. Was there ever a chance at all that he'd have been allowed to walk away or was he always going to sign that deal? Yeah, I, th- I mean, it was surprising that it took as long as it did. And, I, you know, obviously it aggravated a lot of fans and it created a lot of controversy, but they were never that was never going to happen. Uh, you know, they used the franchise tag on him once. They did it a second time. I think it was smart on their part that they got it done as quickly as they did this year. You know, if they had if they had gone into the draft with him not under contract, then all of a sudden, you know, imagine obviously Justin Fields fell all the way down uh, to going to Chicago and, you know, the Giants maybe wanted him, et cetera, et cetera. Like all of this drama where he was sitting there. If the Cowboys hadn't had Dak under contract when that happened, I mean, just think about how crazy that might have been. So. Um, I was definitely surprised that it took as long as it did, but I there was no doubt in my mind it was eventually going to get done. Nice. Rightly so, dude. Uh, Rightly so. <laughs> yeah. So, going into their draft efforts, um, every, every mock that we saw going into it had Dallas taking cornerback first round. That's what people seem to be, to be saying, certainly over here. We, uh, J.C. Horn and Saturn went... Prior to, I think Dallas were picking 10th originally, then they traded down 12, ended up taking Parsons, which was a really good pick, a very popular pick. I'm guessing just best player available defensively by the time it got to that point. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. I actually, like, I had to eat some crow because leading up to the draft, like, the reality of the draft almost never lives up to the narrative, right? Like it just, it just happened last year where the Cowboys were tied to all these defenders. It was defense, defense, defense. And then CD lamb falls to 17 and you wind up taking him or, you know, at some point, if you're going to pick seven times somewhere along the line, you're going to wind up with an offensive player being your best graded player, you know, but it didn't happen for Dallas this year. I mean, they sent a, they sent a very clear message that they aren't interested in offense. Um, you know, I you know, I think I think they wanted a cornerback. No, I don't think I know they did. I, they wanted they wanted Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn, and obviously everybody in the league knew that. So those guys got scooped out from right in front of them. Uh, kudos to them for doing a trade. Um, you know, I, it was pretty funny to see them trade with Philly, given you know the rivalry. But I thought it I thought it worked out for for both teams. Um, you know, obviously not so much for the Giants. Not. Not so much for the Giants, unfortunately. Um, but it was it was funny to see that kind of work out. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, on draft night, I even said like, well, you know, maybe Rashawn Slater's a better player than uh, than Micah Parsons, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern. And they went with Parsons. And time after time, it was wild. I think I think their first six picks were all on defense, which has never happened in team history. Uh, so it just sort of it sent a very clear message of what they think they need to fix if they're going to be better. Can't really disagree with it either. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no, for sure. No. And is there any <clears throat> any of the picks, maybe the deeper picks, who kind of there's a feeling that they've had a couple of steals in there that people should be looking out for? I think the most interesting name to follow, if you care about the Cowboys, is a guy by the name of Nishan Wright. Uh, he's a cornerback out of Oregon State, and it was—it's really interesting. So, 
They drafted him in the third round, 99th overall, which like that's that's a pretty high pick. I mean, if you're drafted 99th overall, the expectation is that you're going to be good enough to contribute right away. The interesting thing was nobody had really ever heard of him. Um, you know, all of the draft analysts, you know, I don't if you're familiar with Dane Brugler's work, a good friend of mine, he works for the Athletic over here. He had him as like a sixth or seventh round grade. A lot of other draft analysts were like, yeah, like maybe he's worth drafting, but not in the third round. So Cowboy fans were immediately pissed off. They were like, (laughs) oh, who the hell is this guy? Like nobody says he's any good. Why did we draft him so high? And then ironically, the team shows up for offseason practices and he looks fantastic. Like he's just. He's batting down balls. He's intercepting the second string quarterback. He's just making plays. And so now in April, everybody hated this guy. And in June or July, excuse me, everybody thinks he's like the next Richard Sherman. So (laughs) it's, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just off season optimism in a nutshell. So I can't, uh, I can't wait to get to training camp and see what happens because you know, there's just there's a lot of buzz around this guy, considering he kind of, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere and now he's like everybody's favorite draft pick. That's a good way of shutting everyone up, isn't it? Right. Jabril Cox, how's he doing? Because that seemed to be a massive still. I saw hey. a lot of second round grades. Yeah, exactly. You gotta ask me about Jabril Cox. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought he was I thought he was going to be like a second round pick. I mean, he's he gets knocked a lot for his tackling ability. Uh, but he's so he's so smooth and fluid in coverage, which is what you need in today's NFL. Like he can drop back, read the quarterback. He can cover running backs. He can cover tight ends to a degree. I don't, you know, probably don't want him on a receiver, but he is still a linebacker at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, for him to fall to pick 115 where he did, I don't think anybody expected it to happen. And um, again, it sends a very clear message. You know, it's wild. Two years ago, Everybody was talking about Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch being the best young duo of linebackers in the NFL. And they're both on notice that they might not last through this year because you draft Micah Parsons 12th overall, and then you followed up with Jabril Cox, who everybody agrees is one of the biggest steals in the draft. I mean, those are two guys that are capable of starting for you quickly. So, you know, they didn't pick up Leighton's fifth year option, so he can be a free agent as soon as this season's over. And the way Jalen Smith's contract is structured, if they want to, they can cut him this offseason and it's not going to be a huge, huge drain on their salary cap. So it's very fun to think about what could happen there, because I think it's just going to be a free for all to see who's best suited for the job. When we talk, you said there about sort of preseason optimism, referring to a couple of players. As someone who's heavily invested in Zeke Elliott, you know, if from a fantasy point of view, sure. tell tell me that he's going to come back and be the good version of Zeke. So, here's the thing about Zeke. Like I, I think I think I think it all can be true. Um, you know, everybody tries to spin it as like this narrative, like he's never going to be good again, or everybody's like, well, he didn't have any help last year. Uh, of course he's going to be better. And like I said, I think it all can be true. Zeke Zeke had a disastrous season, and I don't even care. I don't care that Dak got hurt. I don't care that the offensive line was injured. You know, if, you, if you're being paid $15 million a year to be the best running back in football, you should be good enough that you don't need all of that to be good. And that it just – that wasn't the case. And, I know you know, he dealt with some injuries of his own, but – he just wasn't explosive. Uh, he led the league in fumbles among non-quarterbacks, which is awful for a guy that makes that salary. That should not happen. Uh, so, I mean, he, he had the worst year of his career. There's no way around it. And it's disappointing or disheartening to think that he needs Dak and these offensive linemen. You know, if he's worth that much money, he probably shouldn't need them. But on the bright side, he's going to get them all back this year. So... Uh, I absolutely, I think he's a big candidate for a bounce back season. Uh, again, cause he's one of the few, you know, how many true workhorse running backs are there in the NFL right now? Like the vast majority of teams really use more of a committee. 
And as long as Zeke is getting paid what he's getting paid, that's not going to happen here. I mean, I know Tony Pollard's a good player, but Zeke is a lock for 18 to 25 carries a game, as long as he's healthy, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think he's going to bounce back. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it was super disappointing to see the way that he didn't really step up last year. Yeah, only only disappointing for some people. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, hey, between between Zeke and Saquon, there's going to be, there's gonna be quite, a, quite a race to see who bounces back better from last year. That's for sure. Yeah, Zeke's got two legs. That helps. <laughs> but no, I like them both. I do, and I've actually got a fair few Zeke shares this year because he's cheap as you'll ever get him. It, it, really, he's right. never going to get any cheaper than that. I, I was going to, I mean, you know, everybody's down on Zeke and, and I, I don't disagree. I mean, heading into this season, you know, I don't think he's one of the five best running backs in the league. You know, I, you know, I don't, I think that's fair to say, but would I still draft him in the first round of my fantasy draft? Hell yeah. You know, if I don't have one of the first two or three picks, absolutely. I would. And plus, he's playing for a lot because obviously, if he does have another bad year or another year off this year, similar to last year, then that well, I assume his contract would probably allow him. There must be a way out for next year. Is oh, that, is well, that the case? I think the Cowboys are tied to him for two more seasons. Um, right. So, but you're right, though. I mean, like, right? It's easy. Like, you know, we just had this conversation. It's easy to sit here right now and say it was one bad year. So what? He'll be fine. But if it happens again this year. Now, all of a sudden, you're saying, yeah, we got to find a way to get out from under this contract. So if if he doesn't look substantially better this year, I really think the uh, the narrative is going to switch big time. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's have a look at the other three teams in the division. Um, we'll start with the Eagles. So bottom of the division last season, um, from what I can see, most of the bookies seem to be in agreement with each other that they're going to be propping up the division again this season. Um, so, simple question. Are the bookies right to be doing that? So, my thing with the Eagles, I think the Eagles very quietly, the Eagles very quietly had just as, maybe not just as many, but like quite a few injury issues of their own. I mean, they were... <clears throat> they were a mess by the end of last season in terms of like who was available for them. So I think there's, I think there's probably more talent on that roster than they get credit for. But my thing is, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I just don't believe in Jalen hurts. I just not, I'm not convinced he's the guy and maybe I'm biased because, you know, he came to Dallas and played the Cowboys last year and so I got to watch him live and like see what he's all about. And the Cowboys kicked Philly's ass. Like that might be as good as might be as good as Dallas looked all year. And that was a bad injured Dallas team with Andy Dalton playing quarterback, let alone, you know, the regular Cowboys team that we thought we were gonna see. So like I said, maybe I'm wrong, but I just haven't seen anything from Jalen Hurts that convinces me. Um so yeah, I mean, if if I had to pick a team to finish fourth in the division, I definitely I would pick them for sure. Yes, I agree. <laughs> that's that's that the your... thing. That's the thing about the injuries, though. Like the most frustrating thing. I'm not even an Eagles fan, obviously, but watch them. The last two, maybe three years, it's like they keep bringing back the players and they don't change it. They have this year, to be fair. They're starting to change it now, but it would everything that happened to them the last year or two it felt like they was asking for it so well, yeah but uh, is is that the super bowl is that is that what the, the... no i i and i think you're 100% right both of y'all is you know and for a long time i actually think the eagles were really good at like getting out in front of things you know like trading LaShawn McCoy before he lost all of his value like adding guys into the team uh, at low prices and and you know getting your most bang for your buck, but you win that Super Bowl and it's the first Super Bowl in team history. Yeah. I think maybe maybe it clouds your judgment a little bit, and all of a sudden maybe you're hanging on to guys that you don't have any business hanging on to. And you know that was that was the deepest roster in the NFL in 2017. I mean, for them to suffer the injuries that they had and still win the Super Bowl, that's incredible. Problem is. 
2017 was four years ago, and four years is an eternity in football. So, you know, yeah, that was a great roster four years ago, and now it looks old and banged up and not very good. Yeah. And it's great to see, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. I mean, we're talking about their injuries. I, I, we don't like to shout these guys out, but there's an Eagles podcast over here, and they're literally named next man up for that reason because they they are riddled with injuries year in year out. But it it, it always seems like it's something with them. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure any Eagle fan listening to this doesn't want to hear me complain about the Cowboys' offensive <laughs> line. It's, I mean, the Eagles are shuffling their offensive line like nobody's business every single year. So I get it. <laughs> I think what I know, Paul, we've talked about Devonta Smith previously on this uh, podcast because he was very much the guy that you kind of had your sights set on for the Giants. But um, does he just kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm really interested more than any receiver in this year's draft to see what happens with him and how he kind of fits in and um, gets, gets up and running straight away. Do, does he just come in and be the main guy straight away, do you think? I for me, there's not much competition there. Um, so now that he's not at the Giants, I am buying into the bandwagon of he's too skinny, um, and I will, that's all right. I can think about now. So, um, but in terms of like a wide receiver class, he's already the main guy there, surely. I think the world of Devontae Smith, and I, I mean, I just kind of, I just knocked Jalen Hurts, but it'll be, it'll be fun to see how they team up. Obviously, there's some familiarity there because they both played at Alabama, and that's, again, I've had a chance to watch this guy for three years because I root for their division rival, LSU, and I know... You know, the SEC is not quite the NFL, but it's pretty damn close. I mean, everybody in the SEC goes to the pros for the most part. So if he can light up the SEC the way that he did, I'm very confident he'll be just fine in the NFL. He he creates separation unlike pretty much anybody I've ever seen, um, at least at the college level. So I, I think he's going to be a star. It just depends on how well his quarterback can get him involved. So I guess <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a couple, speaking of the Eagles podcast that we wouldn't normally name, I did. Uh, I commented on something they posted not that long ago and said, "What we, you know, by which week will Joe Flacco be uh, taking the starting job?" And now I've never been more confident after what David said. So. Well, I, so here's the fascinating thing, and I get like I get it. You know, I'm not trying to pump the Eagles up too much, but. I think the Eagles have set themselves up really well in the long term. Like this season, this season might not be fun for them, but you take, you know, let's say they have a bad record. So they're going to have a high draft pick. The maneuvering that they did with Miami is going to give them another first round pick. And then you assume Carson Wentz is probably going to start a lot of games and they might, they could wind up with as many as three first round picks. And so they're going to have a chance to either replenish their roster next year or, if there's a quarterback that they absolutely love at the top of next year's draft, they can use all that to go up and get him. So this might not, you know, this might be a crappy year for them in 2021, but I think they're well positioned for the long term with all that. Does, does Aaron Rodgers like Philly cheesesteak by any chance? <laughs> oh, don't. Okay. Now don't put, don't put that on me. I don't need Aaron Rodgers in the NFCs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, imagine. Paul, you'd be very conflicted then, wouldn't you? You'd have yeah, I'd be, in, I'd be in real trouble. I'd be in real trouble. <laughs> um, Washington. I was after a try really hard to remember. It's Washington football team. Um, <laughs> divisional winners last time, seven and nine. It seems from what I'm reading, the consensus is they've further upgraded both sides of the ball since then as well. Um, and when we kind of put this out that this was the episode, it was quite a bit of feedback. Was they're the divisional favourites? We agreeing with that? No. For, no. Just quickly, like no. The the, the Cowboys should be favourites, and that's through gritted teeth. But <laughs> it's I it's, I mean it's I think I can see the case. I can see the case for both. You know. Um, 
I think one to 53, Washington's probably got the best team in the division in terms of, I mean, that defensive front is disgusting. Um, <laughs> you know, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young. I, I named Chase Young third. Uh, <laughs> Montez Sweat. And then they add a first-round pick linebacker and Jamin Davis behind them. So, you know, he's going to make every tackle in the world with all those guys eating up all that space. Um, God, can't, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at their depth chart. I mean, Kendall Fuller, Landon Collins. They just – they have – I mean, their defense is, is – is gross. They're, they're so talented. And then, you know, they've added a lot of talent to, to their offense. You know, they signed uh, Curtis Samuel. Antonio Gibson was like one of the most fun, surprising players in the league last year. You got scary Terry. Um, so, I mean, I understand, I understand why Washington fans are excited. And then, but then the thing is, all right, Washington's got the better roster Dallas has the better quarterback. Like, and so what do you the Giants? The Giants have both. <laughs> way, way to your time. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Come the gun. Come the gun. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I I think Dallas is the favorite because I trust Dak Prescott. And I know I mean, I know I know for a fact Ryan Fitzpatrick is gonna play two or three like incredible games where he throws for 400 yards and this and that and the other. He's also probably going to have four or five, like absolutely awful games where he just can't stop turning the ball over, taking sacks. So which Fitzpatrick are you going to get more often? And I just, I don't know the answer to that. And it, it scares me. So we'll see. I mean, we're all big fans of Ryan Fitzpatrick. On this. I was just thinking, I would be a big fan of Washington if they weren't in our division. Oh, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of my favorite players in the NFL, but like we all know, yeah. you know, he's you got to take the full body of work. Like he's been playing in this league for a long time and he's been doing the same thing for a long time. <laughs> um, I think there's like a there's a t shirt that's like it's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick life cycle where it's like get benched. Enter the game because of injury. Play out of your mind. Become a national phenomenon. Suck. And then it's <laughs> like he. I mean, he's been doing it for like eight years at this point. It just is what it is. You missed one vital bit there, though. It was have another kid in another city. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. This is like his ninth team, I think. Yeah. yeah. Something crazy like that. So. Just that sort of snippet there sets those the games between Dallas and Washington are going to be really really interesting because that that Washington defensive setup is crazy and that I I can't wait and I'm I'm so glad the league buried those games on the schedule like but both Dallas Washington games aren't until December uh so you know hopefully you know both teams will be healthy both teams will be pushing for the playoffs and hopefully that'll go a long way toward deciding who wins the division? Cause I mean, since I've, so I've covered the team since 2013 and Washington's kind of been a joke for most of that time. Like everybody, you know, older people will tell you like, Oh, Dallas Washington is like the best rivalry in the NFL. I haven't seen it in my lifetime. Like Dallas and Washington haven't been good at the same time since like the early nineties. So I'm really excited that both teams look like they're going to be good this year. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully we'll kind of see the rivalry renewed for the first time in a while. Right, Paul, <laughs> you, you, you've been patient up to now. So you, you tell us why the Giants are the team to be in this division. Didn't realise I had to bring a reason. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll try. Um, Paul, okay. So I actually, I've said it before, I actually do like this roster more than the roster of the last five years for the Giants. Um, the defence was great last year. It hasn't got any worse. If anything, it's got better. The offence was not so good last year. Um, some could argue it was poor last year. <laughs> not me, but I've heard it being said. Yeah, we've improved. Saquon should be back. Obviously, we all know how good Saquon Barkley is. Um, he should be back as the player he was, but he's had a rather tough injury, so he looks good. The pictures on Twitter would suggest he looks great. 
Um, yeah, but we've we've had that we've had that discussion before. <laughs> what it comes down to is is Daniel Jones a good quarterback? The consensus is no, <laughs> but I'm willing to give it another year of blind faith in the hope that something changes um, and he turns out all right. And if he does, the the division is winnable. <clears throat> so, Paul, just to round this up, I mean, you haven't particularly sold it to me, but you, you basically <laughs> ended up saying it's all on Daniel Jones being a good quarterback. <laughs> so, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I do. I really appreciate, though. You know what? Like, I appreciate you saying blind faith because, like, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what being a fan is really all about anyway. <laughs> what I don't like is when people... Like if you, I mean, if you had tried to bring me a big stat sheet of why Daniel Jones is actually a good quarterback, I would have been aggravated. I would have been like, "You're lying! <laughs> like you're lying to me and yourself." Like, we both know that's not true. But if you're just like, "Yeah, like I'm gonna blindly hope that this year's different," then like that's fine, and you might be right. You could 100% be right. But as long as we all recognize that there's no evidence that suggests that he's actually good, fine. I suppose the thing we've got to look at, coming back to the Fitzpatrick thing, is he any worse than potentially Fitzpatrick? They're probably on a similar tier. Fitzpatrick might win you a couple more games, but Daniel Jones might not lose you quite as much when he goes wrong. I don't know. He's so like in the middle, mediocre, but he doesn't really do either. We didn't look any worse last year when Colt McCoy came in. <laughs> that's uh, the thing, and that's. I mean, I get your, I get your point because I think Fitzpatrick's. Fitzpatrick's whole reputation is that he takes too many risks. Mm. Um, and maybe Daniel Jones doesn't take as many risks, but, like, my guy, can you hold on to the ball? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't fumble. 19 – was it 19 fumbles last year, I think? It was something crazy. Was yeah. I'm sorry. It was, it was 18 fumbles as a rookie at 11 last year. I mean, that's yeah. just – that's not going to cut it. And so, like, he might not take risks, but he – he puts the ball up for grabs way too often. Every um, time we snap the ball, there is a risk. <laughs> I do like – I like what the Giants are trying to do. I mean, they've definitely upgraded the talent around him. I Kenny Galladay is a really underrated player. Um, I didn't love the Kadarius Tony pick. It just felt – it felt kind of desperate after they lost out on Devontae Smith. It just felt like they were like – we have to get a dynamic receiver in here to work with Daniel. And they just pulled the trigger on the first guy, which we'll see. I mean, he's definitely talented. Um, and then obviously, yeah, you get Saquon back and Sterling Shepard, also an underrated player. So, I mean, there's, there's talent on that offense. It's just a matter of whether Daniel Jones is good enough to do anything with it. And if he's not, we've got free agency next year, potentially someone called Aaron. Um, ah, there we go. Oh, God, <laughs> I've, there's no chance in hell, but there's always hey. a silver lining. To yeah. Keep hope alive. Um, don't forget, Paul, and, and I'll probably never let you forget that um, when you asked people to write an article for you before we started this podcast about who the next kind of breakout tight end was going to be, and you had the balls to put Evan Engram in as a top five. Um, so I've done that hence, every year he's been in the league, and I probably will do it this year. I then went out and drafted him everywhere I could get him, and he was an absolute disgrace. The good thing is, though, Paul can just keep copy and pasting that for every article every year because he's always got <laughs> a candidate. He's, 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 yeah, he's always got the chance to break out. He was Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts. Let's remember that. Paul's <laughs> catching a lot of strays on this podcast. Yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad. No, 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 I, every week. It's because I talk a lot of nonsense <laughs> so it gets brought up an awful lot he does um okay so cards on the table gentlemen before we finish up it's predictions time <clears throat> um so david literally we're just going to go through each team and everyone can give us their kind of prediction of a record for the season and we'll we'll come to the cowboys last to wrap it up so yeah go uh, we'll start with the eagles um, we've all kind of said where we think this is going to end up for them, so it'll be interesting to see just how bad we think it's going to be. Who wants to go first? Me, please. <laughs> okay. I think they get four wins. Um, they probably get more, but 
why would I let why there, where's the fun in that? Four wins. And they all come against the Red the, uh, Washington and the Cowboys. I like that. Cool. Okay, I'll get mine in because I haven't got that much thought into it, but I've gone five and twelve. Similar to Paul. I just I think they're gonna be too good against two or three of the teams and they'll squeak a couple more, but they're not in contention at all. Five and twelve. Poor. <laughs> I love it. Keep it coming. Yeah, I think- I think five, five and twelve sounds about right, and then, I mean you, you'll, you know, you're gonna find some wins in this division because at the end of the day, like, you know, the Cowboys in Washington and maybe the Giants should be pretty good, but like these aren't, you know, these aren't world beater teams. Obviously, this was the worst division in football last year. So, you know, sneak a couple wins out in the division. Yeah, five five wins sounds manageable. Wow. Well, I got almost reluctant to tell you that I, I wrote down six wins. Oh. Um, but, you know, the, this division is ridiculous. They could all <laughs> beat each other twice. It's a stupid division. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So we'll go uh, Washington next. Same order. Um, <clears throat> seven wins. Because the Giants need to get some wins in there. Um, no, I'll be honest. I think they've got. I think they've got eight wins. They got eight wins in them. That's why I, I was going to just dock every team one to help me, but I've got them down as eight wins. So yeah. I feel I'm I'm along the same lines, but that defense is great, and they have definitely got the talent on offense. Something just feels me feels like last year everything just came together. There was. You know, with everything, the name change, what was going on in the background, it all and obviously with the cancer thing, and it all just felt like it all came together in a in a nice way, really. But I, something just tells me they're going to go eight and nine, and I think they're probably a, a good eight and nine. But the Fitzpatrick thing, and I just don't know. Like I feel like they should be better than that, but I can't. I'm looking at the schedule and knowing what this division's like. I just think it's going to be an eight and nine sort of season. Okay, David. Yeah, um, I mean, it's you, know, I, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like on paper, that looks like a pretty good team, but all of a sudden you're looking like they got to play at the Bills, they got the Saints and the Chiefs and the Packers, Seattle. Uh, they just, I mean, they got you know, they're that's what happens when you win your division. That's two more games against like elite quality opposition that you didn't have the year before. So, um, I think. I think that'll be a team that's better than their record suggests they are. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking like seven and ten, but not a bad seven and ten. If that makes sense, it's just I mean it's complete. Look at this! I'm I'm like Oprah Winfrey giving wins to everybody. <laughs> you get a win, you get a win. Um, I've gone nine wins. Okay, we're mm. all in the same ballpark. Yeah. Um. I'm just nicer. Um, Giants, this is where it ends. <laughs> Fair James. enough. Or Paul, rather. Paul, you want to go first? Um, <laughs> two and two and 15. <laughs> I'm going to go for nine wins. Yeah. No mm. further comment. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can. Um, I've got eight and nine again. Um. I, I think Washington are a better team than you, like we just discussed, but I think you somehow grind out some results. And I just think you finish eight and nine and you finish, I don't know, I don't know who goes above who, obviously it depends on, on the results, but I think it's going to be neck and neck. And when we get to the Cowboys, I think it's going to be quite close as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, this. I think this division is going to be bunched together the same way that it was last year you know like I, I don't see a team like running away with it so I'll say uh I don't I don't believe in the Giants at all but I can't I can't just be too mean to them seeing as how they beat the Cowboys <laughs> last season either so I mean yeah I'll say I'll say eight and nine even though, like I don't I don't 100% believe that they're capable of winning eight games but I'll give it to them anyway it's <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, I, I've got them winning seven. Uh, and is that, I don't know, was it just because Paul dug out the Vikings last week when we did the North? I don't know, maybe. Maybe. 
Um, Good a reason as any. Right, finish it up with the Cowboys. Let's do it. Nine wins. Because that means there's a chance that the Giants win the division. There we go. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Yeah, but not in this division. The Eagles might be even in with a chance. Um, I've got nine wins as well. I think it's a nine or ten win team. But I still that the defense still worries me, and that could end up meaning if you get six or seven, like Cowboys end up with six or seven wins. But somebody tells me they're going to bounce back this year. That's going to have a bounce back season, yeah. And you'll you'll win the they'll win the division of nine and eight, but nothing special after that. I think that's about as far as they go. I'll make it three in a row, which like on you know, and I have to admit, I'm probably too close to the Cowboys. Um, like they're in my opinion. Their roster suggests that they should be capable of winning 10 or 11 games, but why would anybody trust them to do that after everything we've seen? So I'll give them, I'll give them nine and eight, which is good enough to win the East and host a playoff game. So, but yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, maybe depending on what happens, they're good enough to win that game and go to the divisional round, but it's hard to see them making like a legitimate run. I say nine and eight. Very good. Well, I wrote down nine or ten wins, um, as I did for Washington as well, struggling to split both those teams. But because you've all gone nine, I'll go ten. Come back. The most generous, greater predictor of all. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, James and Paul, have you got anything else you want to put to David before we let him go? Uh, Dallas sucks. <laughs> Fair. Hey, I wouldn't expect anything less. Never wow. Won. One quick question. Jason Garrett, obviously being close to the Cowboys, now he's on the Giants. Got to, did you get many conversations with him and get a good feel for him? And is it kind of weird seeing him as a Giant now? It's definitely weird. And I, I'll throw that in there. I mean, that's a big part of the reason why I don't believe in the Giants. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Fair there bad. it is. Their, uh, their offense just was not inspiring last year. And wasn't inspiring for several years when he was the head coach here. Um it's funny. I mean, yeah, like I, I had a, a million interactions with Jason over the years that he was here, but um, and he, I don't have anything that bad to say about him, but he's so, you know, he had a reputation for being basically robotic. Um, he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just like down the line professional all the time. He's not really interested in showing you his true personality, which, you know, that's, that's his right. He's allowed to do that. But, you know, I felt like uh, I, when they hired Mike McCarthy, I felt like I had a better grip on Mike McCarthy's personality like two weeks after he got hired than after like seven years of covering Jason Garrett. He's just <laughs> he's just uh, I, I don't even want to say that. Like he is a personable guy, but he just doesn't like to show that side of himself publicly ever, really. So it's kind of weird, like. You know, I covered him for a long time, but I don't feel like I ever really got to know him, which it just that that was always his approach. But I don't I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about him, though. It's just the way he wanted to handle it. I'd say that's how he comes across as well. He's quite vanilla. Um, yeah. He seems a really nice guy. Like there is no reason not to like him. But having I think the one thing we love about the NFL is the personalities you get with the NFL. You know, you're almost allowed to embrace having a personality unless you play for the Patriots. Um <laughs> But obviously with someone like Garrett, he reminds me of like football or soccer coaches over here where they have to be like dead. They can't say anything bad. They can't say anything good. It's just, and that's exactly what he's like. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure how to ask you the question because I can imagine he is a really nice guy. And I didn't know yeah. if you'd be like, he's lovely and I wish him all the best. But. <laughs> it's, but it's fun. Like, you know, yeah. Like you're talking about like that, that boring vanilla, like press conference demeanor. He didn't. He never really turned that off. At least not very often. Which actually, if you're just a fan of the game, I don't know if y'all have watched the All or Nothing series. Mm-hmm. The one that they did for the Cowboys was incredible because behind closed doors, Jason Garrett is a very different person. If you've watched it, like he's he's very animated. Um, yeah, it's it's a completely different person than what we got used to seeing at the podium. But he was just always very careful not to show that. To very many people yeah yeah well 
Thank you very much, Dave, for your time tonight. I really appreciate you coming on. No, this this was fun, guys. We'll have to do it again. And uh, I'm at you. So, you know, we went to London in 2014 for the Jaguars game. And like, that was probably my first exposure to, you know, fans, overseas fans. And like, I love it. I love y'all's passion. I love that y'all, you know, keep up with a league that's on the other side of the world. Like, I always like, you know, we were talking about soccer at the start of the show. The reason that I don't watch more soccer than I do is because I'm too lazy to wake up at six o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Like, I'm not. I'm not getting up at six a.m. to watch the Premier League. I just. I can't do it. But you got. You know. You got English and Scottish and all people from over there staying up till all ungodly hours of the night to watch the NFL. So I really admire y'all's passion. It's really cool to see. So uh, I love talking football with y'all. It's great. Yeah, that's no, been great. It's nice that we get embraced as well because sometimes perception is that you don't, well, some people don't like it. But um, obviously a lot of people do give us really good feedback and we are pretty passionate. So really, oh, it's been great having you on, definitely. It's been nice to have some knowledge. Y'all are, y'all are, y'all are wild, man. Like the, the fans that I met over there, yeah, I, I, I really hope the league sends the Cowboys back because I would love to get back for, for that again. That was fun. And uh, I will be cheering for y'all on Sunday, so... That's amazing. Yes. That for us. Thanks, Good man. man. Thank you very much, David. Hopefully, we'll All speak right. to you soon. Yeah, appreciate it, y'all. Y'all take care. Yeah, you too. man. Thank you.